All right, you probably figured out what this evening's lesson's on, and uh, it's on forgiveness. And what a subject. Um, as, as I went through the lesson, the thought came to me, this is a common lesson. Uh, we know it, but we need to continually review it in our lives. And um, it's, it's, it's a great message. It's a, there's something about forgiveness, that feeling of forgiveness that's just amazing, an amazing feeling. Almost to the point where some people say, you know, uh, they like to have uh, some issue happen in, in their life so that they can receive forgiveness because of that, that good feeling that, uh, of, of being forgiven and uh, making up. So let's have a word of prayer first and then we'll get into our lesson. Father, thank you for, again, another day. Another day to learn more of you, to understand more of uh, your goodness and um, your direction in our lives, Lord. And as we study this term forgiveness, what a wonderful thing that is, and uh, Lord, and how powerful and wonderful it is. And so I just pray, Lord God, that we would follow uh, what you tell us to do in this area of forgiveness. And uh, it's something we need all the time. And so, Father, we'll thank you for what you'll teach us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, if you would, turn to Ephesians chapter 4, <clears throat> verses 31 and 32. Verses 31 and 32 out of Ephesians chapter 4. And I'll go ahead and read that. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 31 and 32. Let all bitterness and wrath, and anger, and clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. <clears throat> you know, we have a tendency, when we hear a Bible truth, to think of other people, don't we? Sometimes we think this would be really good for my spouse or friend or coworker or whatever you might think. But today's study applies to every single person. All of us have times in our lives when we have been wronged. So all of us have times when we need to forgive. Forgiving another person can be hard. Sometimes it seems impossible. But if we are going to live life without ongoing conflict and not be eaten up by bitterness, we have to learn to forgive. This is why in our text, God admonishes us to forgive one another. To forgive is to pardon or show undeserved favor to the person who has wronged you. <clears throat> Someone once said, forgiveness is me giving up my right to hurt you for you hurting me. In today's study, we consider the importance of a life, a life that is reconciled with God and with one another. And we learn that forgiveness is a vital component of this life. Our lives are too short to live with unresolved bitterness. Consider a few effects of an unforgiving heart. Bringing anger and bitterness into other relationships and new experiences. Loss of joy 
in the present. Depression or anxiety. Lack of meaning or purpose in life. Loss of valuable and enriching correctness, correctedness with others. You know, I thought about this, um, and we all do it, but sometimes, you know, I may be in a rant or rave about something, okay? Um, <clears throat> and I come home, and my wife is looking for a nice civil conversation, but she's not going to get that. My wrath, my bitterness, my unforgiveness, or whatever that is where I'm off, affects others who don't deserve that. Some people carry hurt and unforgiveness all the way to the grave. The story is told of an elderly lady who never married. She requested that at her funeral there be no male pallbearers. In her handwritten note, she said, they wouldn't take me out while I was living. I don't want them to take me out when I'm dead. <laughs> the only alternative to the bondage of bitterness is to practice forgiveness. So we first have our need to what? Forgiveness. Receive. our need to receive forgiveness. Learning to forgive begins with recognizing that we are all in need of forgiveness ourselves. Haven't we all done wrong to someone before and had need for forgiveness? First, there is a need personal Personally, let's put another L on there. Personally, each. <laughs> I don't know why you need an extra L on that. It's just a waste of a letter. <laughs> each of us needs to receive forgiveness because we all transgress. Sometimes we hold on to the hidden sin of bitterness. Verse 31 speaks of putting away all bitterness. Sometimes we hold on to our hurt but hide the bitterness we feel. At these times, bitterness becomes a stronghold in our lives, an area which Satan can bring destruction. Christian counselor Jay Adams wrote, Anger may be handled wrongly in either one of two ways, blowing up or clamming up. We do not need forgiveness for hidden sins, but also forgiveness for hateful sins. Have we not sometimes been the ones who spoke angry, hurtful words to others? You know, I keep hearing, for, for whatever reason, the, the, uh, you, when you squeeze the toothpaste out of the tube, you can't get it back in. I mean, that's just been a common thing. I'm just hearing this all over uh, lately. Verse 31 of our text lists several manifestations of the anger we show to others. Wrath. That refers to passion, heat, or fierce rage. Anger suggests blowing up or violent emotion. Benjamin Franklin. I think I'd like being around this fellow. Said, anger is never without a reason, 
but seldom with a good one. Clamor is a loud, noisy complaint. You might think of someone who takes to social media to, to air their grievance, grievances against others. And then evil speaking refers to slander. That's a hard, especially when it comes to slander. <laughs> Once a woman was summoned for jury duty, she said to the judge, Your Honor, I can't serve on a jury. I don't believe in capital punishment. The judge said, ma'am, this isn't a capital charge, so that doesn't matter. This is a case where a husband emptied out the wife's savings account of $14,000 to take a three-day weekend with his girlfriend in Atlantic City. The woman said, okay, I'll serve. And I could be wrong about capital punishment. <laughs> uh, so we have our need to receive forgiveness personally, but also I heard it spiritually. But it is not just forgiveness from one another that we need. More than personal forgiveness, we need spiritual forgiveness. We don't only need to be reconciled to one another, we also need to be reconciled to God. Our sins, not just the sins listed here in Ephesians 4, but any way in which we have broken God's law have separated us from God. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And Romans 5.10, for if when we were enemies... We were reconciled to God by the death of His Son. Much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. To be reconciled is, is to be called back to union or friendship. It is to be brought into friendship from a state of disagreement or enmity. We are reconciled to God when we acknowledge our sins and receive His forgiveness. If you have already trusted Christ as your Savior, you thank Him for the joy of being reconciled to Him and realize that it is now your privilege to share the good news of how to be reconciled to God with others. 2 Corinthians 5, 19-20 says, To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto Himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray, you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. So we have, number one, our need to receive forgiveness. Number two, our need to what? Opposite of receive. Give. All of us want to receive forgiveness. But what we're always not willing to do is to give forgiveness. A woman was bitten by a rabid dog, and it looked like she was going to die from rabies. The doctor told her to put her final affairs in order. The woman took a pen and a paper and began writing furiously. In fact, she wrote and wrote and wrote. Finally, the doctor said, that sure is a long will you're making. She snorted, will nothing. I'm making a list of all the people I'm going to bite. <laughs> it's our nature. <laughs> yeah, it may take a little while to get that 
picture rabies biting her. Yeah. It is our nature to want to get even with others when they wrong us, but God calls us to a better way, forgiveness. Why should we forgive? Because God what? All good word, just not the right. Calls us to forgive. We need to forgive others because God has commanded us to do so. The word forgiving in verse 32 means to give grace or to pardon. We are either, listen to this, <clears throat> scorekeepers or grace givers. We either remember the wrong that others do to us, holding it against them for the future, or we extend grace to them when they wrong us. God tells us to trust Him to be the judge. Romans 12, 19 and 21, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place under wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Vengeance belongs to God, and He can settle the score much better than we can. Forgiveness sets us on the path to liberty. When you forgive, you set two people free. One of them is you. But if you hold on to feelings of bitterness, you become captive of those very emotions. The Apostle Peter once asked Jesus how often he should forgive someone who wronged him. We talked about this this morning. Given that, the, now this I did not know, given that the Jewish tradition, <laughs> it doesn't surprise me, Jewish tradition was to forgive three times. <laughs> once, twice, three, and then you're done. <laughs> Peter must have thought that his offer to forgive seven times was going above and beyond. Matthew 18, 21 through 22, Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him till seven times? Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. But Jesus replied that he ought not just to forgive seven times, but seventy times seven, infinitely. In other words, you're not going to keep that kind of score. Jesus was telling Peter, forget keeping score, just forgive. I kind of, I remember at work, um, we had some situations where we were going, going back and forth with things, and there was a lot of counting going on. Well, he took this and that took that, you know, and a lot of comparison. And I had made a statement that just really, said everything uh, is, is we're not to count, but let's be accountable. And that kind of just like solve, solves things. It says, be, because God calls us to forgive, okay, our need forgiveness, because forgiveness, what healing? What was that? Brings, all right. It brings healing. We need to forgive not only because it is commanded, but also because of the good things it brings to us. Forgiving heals us from past hurt and frees us from the bondage of bitterness. Think about Joseph in the Old Testament. His father Jacob favored him and gave him a coat of many colors. The favoritism provoked jealousy in his brothers. And they literally sold him into slavery and faked his death to keep his father from knowing what they had done. 
Over the next 13 years, Joseph suffered greatly because of their betrayal. But he chose the path of forgiveness as he trusted God to fulfill his will. There is a lot there. God's grace was upon Joseph, and he eventually rose to power in Egypt. When the famine struck Israel, Joseph's brothers had to go to Egypt to look for food. Not only did Joseph show them kindness, but he also sent his brothers back to his father to bring the entire family to Egypt where they would not starve. When Joseph's father eventually died, the brothers became afraid that Joseph would now exact revenge upon them. That, tells, that kind of reveals how they think. And they pleaded for his forgiveness. His answer to them is so full of God's grace. And they sent a messenger under Joseph saying, Thy father did command before he died, saying, So shall ye say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren and their sin, for they did unto thee evil. And now we pray thee, Forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept. <laughs> he wept. That's an interesting thing when they spake unto him. But as for you, ye thought evil against me. But God meant it unto good, to bring it to pass as it is this day, to save much people alive. Joseph's brothers fractured their family relationship by their evil deed of jealousy. This led to a rift between the brothers, but when Joseph chose to forgive, he brought unity and healing to the family. Forgiveness brings physical, emotional, and relational benefits in our lives as well. Some of these benefits include the following. Healthier relationships. Improved mental health. Less anxiety, stress, and hostility. Lower blood pressure. Fewer symptoms of depression. A stronger immune system. Improved heart health. Improved self-esteem. There's some pretty big benefits. Even when we recognize these benefits, however, we can't forgive in our own strength. Forgiveness may benefit us, but we need divine enabling to grant it. Because God calls us to forgive, because forgiveness brings healing, because God wants us to forgive. Enables. Enables us to forgive. Verse 32 speaks of forgiving one another. How even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Notice that God forgives us on the merit of His Son's shed blood, not because we deserve it. Similarly, He wants us to be Christ-like in our attitude toward forgiving. We are to forgive others because we ourselves have been forgiven by Christ, even though we don't deserve it. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones said, Whenever I see myself before God and realize something of what my blessed Lord has done for me at Calvary, I am ready to forgive anybody anything. I cannot withhold it. I do not even want to withhold it. 1 John 2.12, I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. American World War II veteran Luis Zamperini had suffered severe brutality as a prisoner 
of war in Japan. When he returned to the U.S. after the war, he was consumed with a desire to get even with the Japanese, especially the camp commander, Muchishiro Watanabe, also known as the Bird. He married, but quickly turned to alcoholism to cope with his inner pain and nightmares. His marriages, his marriage soon began to fall apart. Some years later, Luis's wife got saved at a Billy Graham crusade in Los Angeles and invited him to come the next night. On the second night he was there, he remembered the promise he had made to God while adrift on a raft and then in prison. That night he decided to trust Christ. He then chose to forgive his captors and his nightmares disappeared for good. The next year, October of 1950, he went to Sugamo Prison in Tokyo where many war criminals were in prison and expressed forgiveness to them. Zamperini shared his salvation testimony and got to lead two of the men to receive Christ. Four days before his 81st birthday in January of 1998, Zamperini ran a leg in the Olympic torch relay for the Winter Olympics in Nagano, Japan, not far from the prisoner of war camp where he had been held. While there, he attempted to meet Mutashiro Watanabe to, to offer forgiveness. Is there someone you need to forgive today? There is power in the love and forgiveness of Jesus Christ to set you free from bitterness and enable you to forgive. All of us need to receive forgiveness, but perhaps some of us need to learn to let go of our burden of bitterness and give it to the Lord. There's our need to receive forgiveness, our need to give forgiveness, and number three, our what? to obtain forgiveness. Way. Our way to obtain forgiveness. Some people don't feel worthy of forgiveness. They feel they can't obtain it. That's out of reach or their sin is too great. As a result, they labor under a sense of guilt. But there is hope. The Bible tells us that while it is true that our sins have separated us from God, He has made a way for reconciliation. It is from, our way to obtain forgiveness is from God. Verse 32 of our text tells us that God freely offers forgiveness to all who will seek him. This is something he repeats throughout the Bible. Psalm 86, 5, For the Lord, for thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. You may think that your sin is too great, but good news is that God's mercy is greater. God will never turn any sinner away who comes to him for forgiveness, and there is no sin too big for God to forgive. And then it's also from God, but through who? Christ. Through Christ. The way we receive forgiveness is through Christ. Verse 32 tells us that God forgives us for whose sake? Christ's sake. To receive this forgiveness through Christ, we must first recognize that we do indeed 
need it. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not hear, Isaiah 59, 2. Then Romans 5, 12, Wherefore is by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Our sin separates us from God. All of us need forgiveness because we fall short of God's glory. God is just. He cannot turn a blind eye to our sins. So instead, He came to the world and took the payment for our sins on the cross. The only way we can be reconciled to God is through Christ's payment for us on the cross. Jesus shed His blood for us, making forgiveness possible. Ephesians 1.7, In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. 1 Peter 1. 18 through 19, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. We are no longer, we no longer need to labor under guilt because Jesus has already taken our sins to the cross. As he hung on the cross in agony, Looking at those who had nailed him, the first words he uttered were those of forgiveness. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. These are the same words Christ has for us today. Father, forgive them. We are not worthy of Christ's forgiveness, and we cannot do enough to make ourselves worthy. But Jesus took our payment on himself. He became sin for us that we might receive his righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5.21, For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. We can be made righteous by trusting, not in our good works, but in Jesus' sacrifice on the cross of Calvary. Sin separates us from God. The cross redeems us and brings us back to God. And in that process, Jesus says, I forgive you. No church pastor, or religion can ever offer us forgiveness. It is only found in a person, Jesus Christ. He has paid the price for our sins on the cross and offers us reconciliation to God. So when we consider our need for forgiveness in human relationships, how much greater is our need for forgiveness from God? The Bible tells us that Jesus hung on the cross. There were two thieves crucified with him. One on one side, one of them challenged him. If you are the son of God, save us now. The other thief who recognized his sin and believed that Jesus was God who came to pay for that sin said, Lord, remember me this day in paradise. Jesus replied, this day you will be with me in paradise. Of the two thieves on the cross, one chose to be bitter and reject Christ while the other chose to believe in Christ, receiving His forgiveness. Perhaps you've already trusted Christ as your Savior and received His forgiveness. If so, remember that there are people around you who have never heard the gospel. Ask God daily to give you the opportunity to share with people how they can be reconciled to God through His sacrificial death and resurrection for them. Perhaps you have not yet trust in Christ as your Savior. Or maybe you're not even sure what that means. 
God has made it so simple. We are sinners separated from God, but he offers us forgiveness and eternal life as a gift, a gift that he paid for on the cross. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. All that is left for us to do is to receive this gift, calling on the Lord and trusting in him alone for our salvation. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's Romans 10.13. And I like this saying here. I'm not sure where it came from. It says, if our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness. So God sent us a savior. The greatest gift in the world is forgiveness from God. The person who knows his sins are forgiven is blessed, happy. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered, Psalm 32.1. And because of this forgiveness we have received from God, we also ought to be people to forgive one another. When Christ becomes the example, well, it puts, puts a lot of pressure on. Because we can't be over him. We're not greater than our master. And so forgiveness is, is one of those things that Jesus set a bar that uh, we all must reach. All right, did anybody have any thoughts, confessions, <laughs> concerning the message, anything that's come up? That... Talks about anger darts, bitterness, and unforgiveness. Problem of bitterness in our hearts is so much easier to throw out anger darts so good to be able to just I think it's it's hard to avoid the darts but we can absorb the darts uh, I think I was telling John it was kind of it was kind of funny it was meant to be a dart uh, we were playing ball a couple weeks ago it's always been a couple weeks ago at least <laughs> and uh, I was on first base and and we were winning and I think it Team was frustrated. The second baseman, I was on first, and I yelled out two outs pretty loud, you know, probably too loud. And he's, I heard him say, well, thank you for saying that so loud so we can all hear it or something, you know, just like it was a dart. <laughs> but, you know, he's just frustrated. And, you know, they weren't winning, and it was difficult, and, and uh, he just threw something out. No big deal. I just chuckle and you know so it didn't didn't penetrate you know I heard it but I was able to absorb it and uh, you know and actually look at the truth yeah that was kind of dumb to say that that loud over there somebody knows that you know I just get involved in the game sometimes and uh, get overzealous <laughs> so, so anyway anybody 
fail-safe comment, yes. Yeah, like when, when like you're hurt, the longer you hold on to it, the more it festers, the worse you feel, and it can like take over your entire day or whatever. However long you hold on to it, like instead of just letting it go. He was a big, big name, he had a big title at Nordson. Nordson's a humongous company. The fellow's name was Jay Ratterman. Um, and he had a son, I got to meet his son uh, through some, I don't know how it exactly it all happened, but he, he was a young man and they, and you know how, and you've gone through it, you have phrases or new things that you say and do. And he, he's, he, he, he did this. And I'm like, what is that? You know, he said, build a bridge and get over it. And that was like a, a phrase, but it's a pretty good one, you know, and that's what you're saying, you know, uh, hey, we just figure a bridge around and just get over the problem and move, move on. So anyone else have a thought? The bitter and the anger, it's always easier for us to see it from the other. Like, we see other people who's hurt us, and we see other people who part of the one lesson. We see how other people hurt us, or how other people have hit us with darks and stuff, but so many times we don't really see what we did. Like, we don't see the anger in ourselves. We don't see the dark stuff we've thrown. And sometimes we don't feel like they're that big. But really, I forget that the example they used. Sometimes the darks that we're throwing, Here's a big difference. We talked about reproof was one of the subjects, which is dealing with a difficult matter with somebody and showing them where they're wrong. But there's a big difference between that and throwing darts at people. <laughs> um, but they can kind of look similar sometimes. Yeah, so has anybody, have you all been going through your books? Any don't answer, I probably don't want to know. Um, but it is a book that we've bought, and it's a really good tool. You could use it for a devotional, um, and it really, as you can see, like Patty has gone through some of it, it's stuff that's not in the book. challenges you in a little different, different way. Uh, this is more topical where this gets down to specifics, where the rubber meets the road in our, in our lives. Anybody else? Joe, what did you have? He raised his hand. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's, uh, let's pray. Father, again, thank you for the subject of forgiveness. It's difficult, but what a wonderful feeling it is to, to be forgiven and to forgive. And, um, so may we take heed to this. May we be a little more sensitive in our lives of how we uh, offend others. 
as it talked about, I guess, in the book there, that throwing darts, we don't even realize what we're doing. And so, Father, just help us to, uh, to focus in on these things, Lord, and uh, just not let forgive, forgiveness to be held back, Lord, but to, uh, just to seek it out. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.